to the Minimum Baseline Podcast, the pod where normal people become incrementally less shit. Sometimes. I'm Stacey Fisher. And I'm Taryn Hedo. And together, we're sisters and a pair of normies trying to stay hydrated. <laughs> Before we get too much into this podcast, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands in which we are recording this podcast. Today, that is the lands of the Darkenjung people and the lands of the Gadigal people as well. Pay respects to elders past, present, emerging, and future. Also acknowledge sovereignty was never ceded and it always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Taryn, this week Donald Trump and I had a shared experience where we both melted down over a one-star review. Only my meltdown had me getting my ass out on social media rather than accidentally admitting to a major federal crime. How about you? Well, I still don't have anything in common with Donald Trump. <laughs> I've just been watching Twitter, the platform that has allowed me to get most of my work and given me a platform, uh, go down in flames. So Ooh. I'll be I'll be talking about that. <laughs> well, do you want to start? All right, yeah, I can start with my batshittery this week. So last week, of course, I talked about Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter, which is continuing along at a quick pace, as in he's tanking the company at a quick pace. Now, last week, you'll recall I talked about the verification system and how the whole point of the verification system was to add a blue tick next to people and companies who were notable for any reason, and it was to prevent impersonation. Now, anyone can get verified by paying an $8 a month fee. Mm -hmm. For the first time, as this has been rolled out, we saw the real world consequences of this. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the company Eli Lilly? Yes, I used to work for GlaxoSmithKline, so I am quite familiar with Eli Lilly. There you go. So in the US, Eli Lilly sell insulin. Uh, mm -hmm. They do other things. That's one of the mm -hmm. things that they do. They hold the prices quite high. It's a little bit evil, but uh, this podcast does not understand the intricacies of the US medical system <laughs> and does not <laughs> pretend to. Anyway, someone tweeted with a verified account under the name Eli Lilly that insulin from now on was going to be free. Holy shit! So awesome, right? Free insulin, about time. No. Shareholders, however, were not too stoked at this news, <laughs> given that Eli Lilly makes its money from selling insulin at extortionately high prices. Oh, wow. That is late-stage capitalism just in a micro. <laughs> Eli Lilly's stock fell by more than 4%. Because of the amount of people that fell for this tweet. The real world consequence of the $8 a month blue tick. Like, that's that's unbelievable. And it wasn't the only case. There were other there were other things had, that happened. If you had any brains, you like you would have bought a bunch of Eli Lilly stock at the bottom and then announced that it was a parody account and then made some money on that. That would have been genius. Well, there were other things as well. Like there was, uh, I don't recall the exact company, but there was an arms company and someone tweeted that 
uh, you know, will no longer be supplying weapons to all of these war zones and their stocks went down as well. Good, so good. It, it, it's kind of funny that, like, as much as, you know, I really genuinely despise Elon Musk and it, it's, it's very funny that this system, people have been given free reign to do whatever they want with it and they're choosing to take down, you know, big corporations, big pharma and, like, big weapon producers. I think... <laughs> That that is kind of uplifting in a way, but it is completely batshit. Anyway, Stacey, your batshittery seems to include Donald Trump. It does. It does. As as have previous, I think. Is this, have we done one actually on Donald Trump or did we just reference him when you were mad at Hillary Clinton? I think he's just come up a lot. Well, this is our first batshittery that actually features Donald Trump front and centre. As you may be aware, <laughs> the US midterms occurred last week. And given that in every previous midterm, a feature is that it acts as a bit of a referendum on the government of the day. Joe Biden's popularity is the lowest for any president at this tenure in history, lower even, even than Donald Trump, I believe. Wow. People were fully expecting that the midterms would result in a red wave. The Republicans had pretty much taken it for granted that they would pick up the Senate and the House. And that didn't occur. In actual fact, the (laughs) Democrats could potentially strengthen their position in the Senate. Looks like they will lose the House. The path to a majority in the House is quite narrow for the Dems, but that was fully expected just given the way things move historically. It has been a bad week for Donald Trump. The candidates that he had put forward, the election deniers, the more fringe candidates that he had endorsed failed to get up. A couple got up, but they were in seats that couldn't lose. A lot of the candidates that he put up in swing seats did not get up. Trump's main contender for the 2024 presidential election is Ron DeSantis. He is horrible, as horrible as Trump, only he wears a prettier suit. He's actually scarier for the progressives because he is, he's got all of those MAGA policies and he's not quite as much of a, he's not swinging as wildly about the places as Trump is. Mm-hmm. He had previously been a darling of Trump's, now no more because he's now, he's now become a rival and Fox News and a bunch of the pundits have swung their support behind Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Trump said this on Truth Social, because as we know, he's been banned from Twitter. (laughs) He went on this big, long rant. I'm not going to bore everybody, but, you know, basically everybody who's ever won in the party won because of him. It's so unfair that Ron DeSantis might run for president in 2024. The paragraph is very interesting, is this. I also, and he said this out in the open, Truth Social, he, this is him being as clear as clear can be. I also fixed his campaign, which had completely fallen apart. I was all in for Ron and he, and he's talking about the 2018 midterms. Right. I was all in for Ron and he beat Gillum. But after the race, when votes were being stolen by the corrupt election process in Broward County and Ron was going down 10,000 votes a day, along with now Senator Rick Scott, 
I sent in the FBI and the US attorneys and the ballot theft immediately ended just prior that to them running out of the votes necessary to win. I stopped his election from being stolen. Sorry, what? <laughs> so what Donald Trump has done here is admitted to election interference, which is a federal crime. That's about as clear as I can recall him being about right? doing a crime. <laughs> like, <Right>? that's <laughs> very full on. Right. So I don't know who this guy is, but he captured my thinking. This is Ben Collins on Twitter. Am I losing my mind? Is this not a gigantic deal? He's either casually admitting to using federal agents to interfere in a state election or lying about it for some equally inexplicable reason, right? Am I reading this wrong or is this a five alarma for the DOJ? Yeah, that's crazy because so much, and the reason why he's gone away with so much is because it's all wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Yeah, you know, plausible deniability. Yeah, if he'd admitted to this on a wiretap, the DOJ would be all over this like a cheap suit. The fact that he's admitted it out in the open on Truth Social should not be a reason to disregard this. The interesting thing is, as far as I'm aware, I think Rick Scott has come out and said, no, no, this never happened, this is a lie. But I'm pretty sure Ron DeSantis has been pretty quiet about this. He's not said anything. Wow. Which is concerning yeah uh that's crazy yeah. again it, it's so it's impossible to know because everything that's been happening around donald trump is insane yeah and there has been so much that he just gets away with because yeah. it's it's like information overload and like for me, like I didn't hear that this happened. Like right? you would this, think this is you would think this would be front page news. This is Watergate level stuff. Yeah, and it's just it's just people are just so it's... swamped with with information and with scandal and with the, with it's... this sort of thing that it just yeah. it just goes over people's heads. Yeah. And and this this is the true danger of a Trump presidency that you just become desensitized to crime and corruption and lies. It's anyway, it's batshit. So that's my batshittery for the week. So, Taryn, what are you working on this week? Well, as you may have noticed from the acknowledgement of country, I'm actually currently on the central coast. So I'll Gossy be going, good times. Gossy good times. <laughs> I'll be going to the Matildas game on Tuesday night against Thailand at Central Coast Stadium, where I'll be writing the match report for the Matildas.com.au. Uh, and I also did the same thing on Saturday when they played in Melbourne against Sweden and won 4-0. So that was a that was a hell of a Yay. good time. Then I will be heading down to Sydney where I can finally say publicly, because it will be announced by the time this podcast comes out, that I will be commentating my first A-League women's game. Yes. So if you don't know, the A-League women's is the uh, national competition for football in Australia. All of the games are live and free on 10 play. 
and I will be commentating Canberra United versus Perth Glory on Saturday at 3 p.m. So I'm in Sydney for the lead up to that game and that is just it's a big so deal. exciting. It's a it's very a big, big deal. deal. <laughs> you are an A-League women's football commentator. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So I'll be doing it with uh, two other women. And obviously we're not the only ones um, on the commentary team, but the, the three of us have kind of been been mentored together and, and have sort of come through uh, together. We will be the third, fourth, and fifth women to ever do the play-by-play commentary in the A-Leagues ever. So amazing! It's, it's huge. You know, we are beginning to see more women enter sports journalism in general. But for whatever reason, play-by-play commentary is something that is still in all sports, but especially football, dominated by men. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really only recently that that's beginning to change, and you know, obviously, it's uh, it's it's really cool, and it's an incredible privilege to be to be a part of that change. And and the organization has been pretty awesome in mentoring you three, haven't they? Yeah, so we've we've had mentorship from Robbie Thompson, who is a commentator employed by Channel Ten and, and Paramount, and he's just he's exceptional. He's he's commentated in France and all over the world, and he's been fantastic. Just it's one of these things where there's no sort of career path to be a to be a broadcaster. It's there's no sort of you can't get a a degree and broadcasting I mean I, I suppose you get a degree in journalism but but obviously commentary is a very mm. different sort of thing and mm. I got a media degree and we did do you know some kind of audio training but it was mainly for if you wanted to become a radio journalist wasn't yes. there wasn't anything for like broadcast journalism is is a, is a broad church it certainly is. Whilst that is is beginning to change, as it currently stands, there's no clear pathway. And, you know, when I first started commentating, when I was doing uh, MPL games in Victoria, it's very much off you go. Good luck. You'll be fine. You sound all right. There's sort of no <laughs> instruction on the on how to do it. It's just you have to figure it out. You yeah, figure it out to it. You've listened to a lot of sport, but it, it certainly is a craft not just the words that you're saying, but the way that you say it, when you say it. And look, I'm uh, I'm far from perfect, but to be given this opportunity now at this stage of my career at such a young age is, is huge. And it's one of the reasons why I went freelance this year is because I knew that I wanted to put all of my eggs into this opportunity. And, you know, I hope that that sort of do, do myself proud and it can lead on to, so continuing to do this next season or, or doing other things, you know, it's it's an incredible privilege to be able to do. So, yeah, really, really, really looking forward to it. This week is is crazy. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I, I, I think I sound a little bit gravelly. I did a lot yesterday. I traveled on a plane. I, I went to a game, I went to an A-League men's game. Uh, Central Coast Mariners were playing MacArthur. And then I jumped on a podcast last night. It's really cool that I'm capable of doing all of these things now, but like, fuck me. It's, I always overestimate myself when I am feeling good. So I just need to do what I need to do for the next few days. The Batildas Tuesday night, the A-League women's season launch is on Wednesday. 
and it's all stuff that I love and I get this enormous amount of adrenaline and it's the best thing in the world but I need to be careful with my energy I need to keep Mm. doing my good habits and uh, the things that I've been doing even though I'm away from home I need to make sure that I'm still having my water still having my hydrolite still eating the salty snacks it's really cool to be here and to be in the home stretch and to be able to to tell people more broadly what's been going on amazing you're very very proud Taryn (laughs) so working on this week I had a pretty low-key week this week on the exercise front I suspect that I did my knee on the try and didn't realize because I was all kind of hyped up on adrenaline so when I went to do my group run last week I had some pain in my knee years ago I tore my medial meniscus and I think I've aggravated that injury again and so I decided just to do some swimming and then I had a weird freak out with the triathlon club at Bondi again despite the fact the surf was flat as a pancake and no bigger than Clavelli where I regularly do a 1k um it's weird I don't know why I'm freaking out at Bondi. I actually don't really care about the reason. I just need to get over it. So <laughs> I've <laughs> I've booked a one-on-one with Coach Kingy from Swim Lab again. So she got me in the surf in Clavelli the last time I had a Bondi freak out. So I'm actually going to Bondi. I'm going to swim to the boat ramp and back and just get it done. And if I cry in the middle of the ocean, I cry in the middle of the ocean. And if I stop and do lots of treading water on the way whilst I cry, that's fine. (laughs) I'm just gonna get it done and break the back of whatever this weird thing is about Bondi. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sam and I are starting a running program together. So cute Uh, yeah we just need to um sort out kind of the when and the where of that but he's going to help me get to my 10k and the other thing is I'm just you know as I mentioned last week I'm I've built a bit of a plan so that I can get more fats in the day before 3 p.m so that I don't become the cookie monster so this week really for me is all about implementation I have to be pretty careful because I have a funny history with food and diet and I can't count calories. Uh, it's not it's not a space that I'm willing to go back into. And macros, I just, you know, people are like, oh, just count macros. And I'm like, it's exactly the same. I just go straight back to that obsessive perfectionist headspace. It's not a good place for me to be. So I just need to get more fats and, yeah, not not get obsessive about it. The other area that I'm working on is more internal. I had a bit of a freak out over my calendar for the remainder of the year. Uh, As I've said on previous podcasts, we've done pretty poorly in wholesale this season at Minnow and that's left a gap in our revenue number. So Lorraine and I, Lorraine's my business partner, we got together last week and decided that we were going to hit up a bunch of Christmas markets and summer markets to kind of bridge that gap in the revenue number. And I freaked out a little when I realized that I was going to be working pretty much every weekend between now and Christmas. I'm totally on board with this as a strategy, but it's kind of sent me for a bit of an emotional loop. You know, ever since I I sold the digital marketing agency in 2018, I've been really stuck in this feeling of overwhelm. And the phrase that I repeat over and over to myself is, I don't have the brain space for this. I'm tired. I don't have the brain space for this. 
Only what I've realized is that's no longer true. I do have the brain space. I'm no longer raising toddlers. I'm not running two businesses whilst overcoming, you know, family trauma and a new autoimmune disease diagnosis. The kids are older. The marriage is good. I'm only working on one business, but I think I've got caught in a thought loop and it's just been running through my mind ever since. I don't have the brain space. I don't have the time. I'm tired. And I need to break that. I've got time for self-care and things now. There's no reason why I'm stuck in this thought habit. I've popped a couple of short and then longer sessions in my diary to just do some thought work and some meditation and just try to work out what's going on in my head there and try to break the back of that. So I'll let you know next week what comes up for me. It's really difficult knowing what what capacity that you actually have mm, because mm. you know obviously one of the the things that we try and do is measure capacity over a long period of time not day to day but we live in the day to day so when you know you're thinking i don't have the brain space for this i don't have the capacity for this i can't do this I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed, whatever, whatever thoughts are going through your head. It's impossible to know whether you are stressed and overwhelmed for that one day in that one activity or whether it's a long-term thing and mm. what's been going on in the long term. Uh, we're really bad at that as human beings mm, mm. because a lot of my life before getting sick was very much cycling between really intense kind of periods Mm. and then going to periods of doing very little Mm. and then the thought process was always you know I'm depressed I can't do this I can't do that ill-disciplined ill-disciplined lazy but (laughs) but because I'm stuck in that day if I've had a really productive month and I've achieved so much and I have consistently in my life achieved a lot of things (laughs) in a month but in the day You can't see that. And it's such a human thing. Yeah. All right. Taryn, what's your small dumb thing? So last week I said that my small dumb thing was I would buy a compression. And I did forget. But (laughs) I ordered it just before the recording today. So (laughs) I have compression garments arriving to my house in Melbourne. When I get home, I will have more than one pair. This week, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to base. Remember in the very first episode when I was like, I'm going to drink water every day. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to do like an extra version of that. What I'm going to do is in this week when I'm away, I'm going to make sure that every day I continue my routine as if I was at home. So that the mm-hmm. elements of my routine. So that means having a coffee and a hydrolyte every single morning. Coffee is important because it raises my blood pressure and it also keeps me sane. And having a minimum of three liters of water a day. And having breakfast nice and early. And making sure I'm still doing those things. Because last time I wasn't at home, I went to Brisbane. And I was not so good at those things. Mm. And I didn't think ahead. And mm. so my my small one thing this, this week is literally having coffee, having a hydrolyte, eating breakfast every single morning. If I do that, I will feel a lot better. Okay. What is your small one thing? I've got two small dumb things this week. The first is to swim from, there's a little boy at Clavelli that looks like Wilson, the ball from, you know, Tom Hanks's ball from 
is it castaway oh like a boy like b-u-o-y i was yeah, like yeah, yeah. why is there just a boy at clavelli who looks <laughs> like a ball okay yeah sorry <laughs> go on <laughs> A buoy? A buoy. Yeah, the Americans pronounce it buoy. That's the one thing I'll give them credit for because that's yeah. a very important distinction. Right? Because a buoy in the water can mean two very different things. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a buoy in the water 200 metres from the shoreline and it's right at the mouth of the ocean. So it gets quite choppy at that bit and it's sort of the end of the safe bit to swim at Clavelli. I would like to swim from the shore to the buoy and back three times without stopping. That's my small dumb thing for the week. If I can do that just the once, I've swum the 800 metres. No, actually, it's four times. Bugger! (laughs) I can't count. Um, So I have swum the distance that I will need to swim in Wollongong on the 10th without stopping in the open water because I I do that swim out to the buoy and I come back in, I have a little rest and I soak up the sun and then I go back out and I do it again and then I, I just need to do it without stopping. So, okay. And the second thing is I still need to work on turning my computer off at 8pm, which I have yet to do once. So <laughs> that was my small dumb thing from the last two weeks. I'm yet to do it once. So my small dumb thing is week is just to do it once (laughs) (laughs) this is week eight podcast eight why isn't my life sorted (laughs) so my mini renovation for this week is in the form of a a story that my, my partner sold me she works with someone who has a daughter who's young teenager kind of age and you know Kel got talking to him about about me and and what I do and told him about the Matildas and and he went wow like no my daughter's obsessed loves the Matildas loves women's football and is a is a huge fan so when I heard this obviously you know it it made me really happy but I, I think what it does more than anything is it makes me really motivated to do the work that I do because there are so many kids young teenagers even like young adults who have become so enamored with women's football in the last few years and to think now they can turn on a broadcast of the a-league women's and hear a female voice and you know maybe one day in the future uh, even if it's not me I, I don't mind <laughs> but it would be you know amazing for them to turn on the Matildas and hear a female voice doing the play-by-play commentary and, and hearing people that, that sound like them and knowing that it's a path because like anything, you know, if we're sort of the beginnings of something in five years time, there are going to be people way better than us. And that's awesome. Yeah. That's what you want. So Legacy. Yeah. So I guess it's not a mini, it's actually quite a large motivation mm-hmm. uh, for this week is uh, that little girl and so many thousands of, of kids around the country who, who love the Matildas and are obsessed with the game and, you know, get to, get to hear and read stuff from female journalists who who look and sound like them. I think that's really cool. Amazing. What's your mini motivation for this week? So last week, Lorraine and I lost our minds a little. (laughs) (laughs) Only last week? Oh, yeah, well, every week. But in particular, we had a little meltdown last week because we got our first ever one-star review. 
And it was like, it was a snarky one star review. <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine gets way more triggered by this stuff than I do because she, you know, she develops the product and, and those products are her babies. Usually I don't get involved. I'm like, we can, let's reach out to them turn it around. She's great at turning it around. This review gave us a one-star review for our dry bag, said that, that we were a scam and that she got conned by our clever marketing and copy, to which I was like, oh, thanks, clever marketing and copy. <laughs> <laughs> and Lorraine was on the warpath. And she reached out to this woman and said, I don't understand how you say that the product's not waterproof, that the product's a scam. Can you send me some photos so that we can see whether there are seals broken or what's happened to your dry bag to make it not waterproof? And she said that, oh, it's no big deal. It's a novelty item to which Lorraine's, the top of Lorraine's head blew off and that the water had come through the top. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with dry bags, but they have a roll top closure, like seat, kind of seat belt webbing, roll top closure. And you roll it in on itself a couple of times and then clip it around. I know where right? this is going. Yeah. Yeah. This person had not closed the top of the dry bag correctly. <laughs> and somehow it's our fault. Oh my God. The most annoying thing about this is usually if we cock up, we will admit it and we will usually reach out to that person, provide some apology, some explanation, and we can typically turn that around into a five-star review once we've mopped up. This woman is not changing her one-star review and Lorraine is mad. And now I'm mad because the way that Lorraine decided that we were going to fix this was that she and I would go to Bondi Icebergs and she would film me repeatedly diving in the water with the dry bag strapped to my back <laughs> with a roll of kitchen towel inside it. <laughs> and then after I had completed all of these feats of <laughs> athleticism in a cozy, we would then remove the kitchen towel and it would be dry and we would be able to demonstrate that the dry bag works. She also repeated this with my phone in the dry bag mini. <laughs> so <laughs> this is the kind of thing that floats your boat. You can go on our social media and see my gigantic white ass jumping in the water with a dry bag strapped to my back at Bondi Iceberg in front of a hundred laughing people. <laughs> I suppose there's a cafe above it and people just watched us and laughed and like removing this bit of kitchen towel out of this dry bag, which by the way was dry because we had rolled it correctly. <laughs> because the product worked. The product worked. It's not a scam, our novelty product. My motivation this week is to drum up a shit ton of five-star reviews to drown out our one-star review. <laughs> Drag it to the bottom of the page on FIFO reviews. <laughs> so I'm on the war path. Incredible. When you leave one-star reviews for businesses, know that there could be a whole bunch of bat shit nonsense that it triggers in those business owners. That's how you know it's truly a small business. Daisy. Oh, you're going to do it, are you? Okay, off you go. Don't let me stop you. Stacey, 
Where can you find us? You can find us on our website at minimumbaseline.com, Instagram at minimum.baseline, or Twitter at minimumbaseline. Or you can follow Taryn at Taryn Hiddo. Before Twitter goes under, please follow us. <laughs> you can leave five-star reviews, not one-star reviews, five-star <laughs> reviews, because if you leave a one-star review, Stacey will jump in the pool at Bondi Iceberg with a dry bag attached to her back. We will do that for no, you. Don't, leave us- don't tempt the people because there are, I've got some friends who would be like, yes, <laughs> yes, I will. All right. Leave us five-star reviews and Stacey will jump in. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's already happened. You can't you can't stop the passing of time. Anyway, do do that. Jump on your podcast app of choice and, and, and leave us a review and do the thing. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or our RSS feed on our website. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.